0: Hey, it's another road trip edition of On the Dose. I mean, yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I don't know. Is it really because I ramble so much that? Is it really a road trip edition? I mean, it is because I recorded it while I'm out and about. Like right now, I'm in Merced, California. Merced, Merced, got some sibilants there. Well, And um, I get to see a friend today, one of my clown friends and she's really cool and I really like her and I'm excited. I'm nervous, but I'm also excited. And my trip is basically done because after this I will go home to my co-host and that's about two and a half hours driving which is like nothing now. I mean, yesterday I drove for like six hours so I looked it up, ran some numbers as it were, and I drove approximately 1950 miles on this trip, which is about 30 wait 32 hours of driving. <laughs> it's actually more than that because uh, I did a little bit of like here and there driving in every place I went to But just the actual trip to get from one place to another was approximately that. Oh, that also does not include the half an hour each way for the eight miles off-road, nor the eight miles each way off-road. But I think it's fair to say that I went on a road trip, and what a road trip it was. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Um I mean, it is pretty awesome, so maybe that's accurate. I don't know. It just sounded kind of braggy or something. I'm not I'm not trying to be like that. Um I have a lot of stuff to do, so the RV finally found somebody to do the work. They're gonna do the work tomorrow. Huzzah, finally, fuck man. Um, And then I need to arrange for transportation, hopefully within the next week or so, before monsoon season starts because once it starts to rain down in Arizona, we'll not be able to get the RV out until things solidify again. Apparently the mud there turns into snot. Um, that sounds, well, when I was a kid, I would have thought that sounded fantastic and I would have wanted to be there to play in it because I loved doing that. Um, yeah, so I got to get transportation figured out. I had already reached out to a few places, but I never heard back from them. So I need to try again and reach out to more places and the RV will go to the roof place. I have gotten it into the second stage for for that. So I have an appointment made. It's not until August 2nd, I think. I don't know, it's a Wednesday, I think. And um, so the RV is just gonna sit on their lot until they can work on it and then they'll work on it and it'll be done within like 3 days I think. I think if if I think if they start on a Wednesday, it's done by the Friday or Saturday. And then I have to have transportation arranged to bring it home to where I'm going to live. Um so I've got another month month or so of waiting and sleeping on an air mattress. And yeah. And basically just looking looking forward. No, planning for making the RV space my own. Um and yeah. I guess I'll be like really prepared by then. I got a wish list I'm working on for like parts and stuff that um, I should probably make private. Thinking of it now, because I don't, I don't want to have to store things before I get the RV. I'd rather like pick up things after I get the RV. And I had somebody mention that they can't ship uh, fire extinguishers to PO boxes, and I was like, oh no, I should probably hide the hide the wish list because I'm in a little room with a lot of stuff in it already. I don't, I really don't want to stash more stuff in there. Um, I hope that doesn't sound ungrateful like for like if people want to get me stuff I just I just want to plan it so that you know the stuff isn't making me more uncomfortable while I'm waiting because I totally totally appreciate when people get me stuff and I, I don't expect it like I make my wish list so that I don't forget the things that I need to save up for to buy. Like I do the research and I go, okay, I'm going to put it here so I don't forget and have to do the research again later. And then people buy stuff from it and I'm like, whoa. I just don't want the RV stuff like encroaching on my comfort. That's all. Hmm, I'm going to drink some of my coffee. The way that I make coffee... I'm really used to it being a drinkable temperature by the way. By the way, by the way, by the time I put it in my mouth. You know, so uh I've been getting coffee when I'm out on the road and unless it's the stuff that's in my cooler, it's really fucking hot and I often can't drink it for like twenty minutes and it's like I don't like it. I wanna I wanna drink my coffee, man. Um I just keep feeling like, why is the coffee so hot? And I realize it's because it's coming from a machine, and I make my coffee with an aeropress. I have it set to like a certain temperature that isn't super hot, but it's hot enough to like do the flavor thing and then and then it sits in the air, steeping for a minute, and then gets moved through the the aeropress into the the cup and every single single step cools the coffee a little bit. So by the time I get it, it's still hot, but it's not burn your mouth hot. And my mouth is burnt right now because I, I did, I forgot, I keep forgetting. And I went, uh, my, my tongue and ouch. So my coffee's better anyway. I mean, it might not be for you, but for me, I like the way that I make my coffee enough that I don't really like getting coffee other places very often because I'm always telling, like, mm, that's too much, you know, not enough. And yeah, it's, not, it's not as good. Driving through California is boring. Central California, there's not... Occasionally there'll be like some mountains off in the distance or whatever But like there's really just It's just agriculture So a lot of times like all you can see is kind of like That And then the air quality is Not great It smells like cow butt and fertilizer So like you know if you get out of the car It kind of like sticks to you It's all muggy And it's not Um, I'll be glad to be done with that here pretty soon. I think I I have like an hour left of it and then I'll be in the Bay Area-ish and then things will just kind of look like there's too many people, which is moderately better. But I definitely enjoyed getting to see all that scenery, just getting to see land that was less people, you know, like there are still signs of people everywhere, but there's just so much land and where in which there aren't people packed in on top of each other. And it's so nice, you know, and surprising. Sometimes I forget like living in such a populated area. That's something that I'm looking forward to with the RV because of where I'll be parked. I will be close to civilization, but kind of off away from it where it's relatively quiet and it's not going to feel like I'm packed in a can with a bunch of people. And I'm looking forward to just kind of having that weight taken off. I People who say they love live in the city, I just can't help but wonder or I should say people who lo- who say they love living in the city I don't think I said that before um, I just can't help but wonder if they just can't hear their nervous system like screaming you know because studies have shown that the all this noise pollution and light pollution and stuff has an effect on our on our stress levels even when we're not aware of it like they did studies where they looked at people's cortisol levels who live next to airports, even like children. And yeah, the stress hormones were definitely higher in those populations. So, uh, yeah. Uh, My gut, my gut is doing something like it's, it's moving. I don't know why it has to hurt when it's like moving, but sometimes it does. And it's not gas. It's not needing to go to the bathroom. It's just, Pain, pain for the sake of pain, hey, yeah, I'm going to pause so that I can sit here in that pain for a minute until it's done, well, my gut is still doing the thing, I just got tired of waiting for it to, you know, I'm just giving pain, and if I start grunting, you'll know why, huh? <sighs> So my mailing list that I do once a month, newsletter, I am supposed to send it out today, like the fourth is the day, but I need to do it with a computer. It's just too hard to navigate Google's stuff via the apps because there's like functionality that's missing. Oh, there's a train. Hawk. Uh. Hang on a second. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So it's just like, I don't know why the functionality has to be limited on the apps. It's really irritating to me. Like every app is like that. Like the Patreon app is awful. There's a whole bunch of stuff that I should be able to do that I cannot do, including looking at my patrons' information. So if I'm out and about and I wanted to mail something to one of my patrons... I cannot get to their addresses unless I'm on a PC. Like the app doesn't let me get to it. Mobile Chrome does not let me get to it. I have to be on Chrome or a web browser on a PC. It makes no sense to me. Etsy is a little more robust, but there's still some things that either aren't there or don't work. Like... I can't take my shop out of vacation mode on the app or not the app because that functionality is in the app, but on the mobile web browser and the functionality is there. It just doesn't fucking work. Drives me crazy. So I can't turn it off until I get back to my computer. And I made the choice to not travel with my computer because it's more weight and another thing to worry about, so. Yeah. I just I just don't I don't get it because there are going to be more and more people who do not have computers and the reliance on them doesn't seem necessary. Like I enjoy having one because there's certain things that are just faster. You know, like even if the Google apps had all of the same functionality like being able to use a keyboard and a mouse to move things around into my newsletter, it's just faster. But I still should be able to do all the same things with the app, in my opinion. So I'm pretty sure I mentioned in the last recording I did that I'm really glad I went on this trip, that it's been really good for my perspective and stuff. I still get pissed off when people are like, I'm so excited for you. Like, fuck off with that. You know, like, there's some tone deafness in there if people are so excited for me when I'm going through what I'm going through. Like, I can be excited about components of it, but it's mine. It's my experience and my situation. And when people say that they're so excited for me, they're not, they're not focused on being excited about a composting toilet or about solar panels, they're talking about the whole situation and the whole situation is fucked up. So saying that they're excited for me is just rude. But like, I'm so tired of standing up for my right to have space for my emotions. I'm so tired of people telling me how I should feel you know, that I've just gotten to this point. I'm not saying anything anymore. I'm just taking note of who says that. And I'm not going to be like including them and stuff because like, yeah, I think I've stated my boundaries enough times. And yeah, like social media can make it hard for people to get the message because they might not see it. Which is why I said it multiple times. But if you just take into consideration, it's not—it's not that hard to focus, like, on what I'm focused on, and be like, "Oh, that part's cool," or "That part's interesting." Instead of this whole grand, I'm so excited for you, and I don't know. It just it just makes me mad, honestly. It's not for anyone else. Anyways, it just seems like a boundary overstep. So that's how I feel about it. But people like the social scripts around life experiences are like so fucking like hard coded that like people do it and they don't even, they're not even present for it. They're like on autopilot when they react to stuff. You know, like, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. Did they actually feel anything? Some people do. A lot of people do not. And my experience has been that when people do feel things, a lot of times they start to veer away from the social scripts. They might still say it, but they add to it or whatever. They'll be like, words don't really suffice, but social script, right? Like the compassion can come through that way and then the social script doesn't feel so scripty. And I just, I hate social scripts. I just, I don't get them. I don't, a lot of times I don't even really understand what they mean. Like people say them and I'm like, what do they actually mean by that? Because what words mean varies from person to person. And like, what was their emotional state? What were they actually thinking about when they said that? You know, like, Basically, a social script is a blanket statement that people make, and then the person who's receiving the social script gets to make the assumption of the meaning because people aren't saying what they actually mean. Social scripts don't really say anything most of the time. Some of them are more specific, but a lot of them are kind of like, in specific, and so then the person who's receiving it and hearing it makes an assumption, and then they receive comfort from it because they've assumed that the other person means what they think it means. There's like no actual conversation about what it means between the two people, and so the person saying it could actually be, you know, not, meaning what the person thought. I mean, this happens a lot in language where there's just no clarification, but with social scripts, it's like constant. And it's bizarre to me because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not good at assumptions. When I'm supposed to rely on assumptions, I get stuck and I get confused. And I'm like, err, what do I do? And so like when people say social scripts, I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? You know, like, why can't they just say what they mean so that I know what they mean? Why do they they have to say something where I have to rely on an assumption and then be like, well, maybe they meant this or maybe they meant that. I hope they meant blah, 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 you know? So yeah, like if you're talking to me or you're talking to like some other person who's autistic, try not to use social scripts because they don't mean what you think they mean you should say what you think they mean. Just say what you mean, okay? Like, gosh. I'm, I'm ranting, but like if somebody was to be like, I'm so excited for you because, um, I'm trying to think of an example that's actually been said to me, because this will give you an opportunity to be independent. You know, like it sucks the way that you ended up getting into this situation, but I really think it'll be good for you. That, perfectly acceptable. That's their opinion, their perspective that still acknowledges and takes into consideration me, right? But I'm so excited for you. Uh, Who's to say that that person's taking any of that into consideration? I don't think it's my job to fill it in. And I don't think I have any obligation to give people the benefit of the doubt either. Like, that seems like a great way to end up in codependent situations where you have people who aren't really doing a good job of taking care of you because you're actually doing the work for them. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Gosh. I... Okay, so... My friend, Ian, hi, Ian, hello. He does the sound for me. And I had like a particular setup with a particular mic. And then when on this trip, I brought this other mic because he's like, the mic will sound good. And I'm like, yay, the mic will sound good. And then the first thing that I recorded, there were some sound issues. And I don't know if there are sound issues on the subsequent ones or like this one but I'm like paranoid and I can't stop thinking about it. And I'm like staring at the screen, watching the sound. And like, you know, like I'm holding the mic, just like I keep checking with my finger, like, you know, listen. Like that, I keep sticking my finger in there. Well, that sounds wrong. Um, the finger, my sticking my finger between my mouth and the microphone to make sure that like, I'm basically fingers with the way to minimize sound changing. And then the mic also does this thing where it loses power when I pause and I have to wait for it to come on. But but the app is still recording. So there's like these long pauses when I pause. And I feel like, I don't know. I'm actually very curious if this is an issue with... I'm going to have to try it with my laptop and see if it does the same thing. I don't want to be chained to my laptop, but I can be if I have to be. Um... But I just, I just really hoping I'm not making like a shit ton of work for my buddy, my buddy, my buddy and me. Um, By, you know, like I want to record and like, what am I going to do? Not record when I have this opportunity to. So if the sound ends up being kind of, you know, That's why, new mic. I'm hoping it's okay. I'm hoping that it was just that one file and maybe because I was so freaking excited and my hand was moving around and stuff, I was too far away from the mic, but we will find out. Also, thank you. Thank you, Ian. Thank you for helping me. You guys should thank Ian too, because why not? You're listening to his work, okay? Anyway, I think I'm done. My hand hurts from holding the mic. I was super smart, and I forgot the little stand for the mic. So I have to hold it. And I have arthritis in my hands that I'm still waiting to find out if it's rheumatoid arthritis or not. And it hurts. So, yeah, my gut hurts and my hand hurts. (laughs) I'm going to go drink some coffee. Anyway, thanks for listening, and thank you to my patrons. Patrons basically helped pay for the super cool photo printer that I used to make postcards on this trip. Like, I sent out a whole bunch of awesome postcards. So, yeah, my patrons are awesome. And, yeah, I guess after I'm settled in, I'll figure out how to start monetizing this shit. Then you guys are going to have to listen to that too. You're welcome.